Hello and welcome. It's the Holy Hour Podcast, the bi-weekly all-cure podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Gavin. I hope you guys are all doing well out there and had a good time celebrating the birth of Robert Smith just a week back or so, Easter Sunday. Uh, Robert Smith turned 60 years old, so we want to say an official Happy birthday to Robert right at the top of this episode. There's lots of great social media love going off there, but uh, couldn't be a podcast about the cure without officially recording a happy 60th birthday to Robert Smith last Sunday. Um, our true savior, as I like to say. Um, I hope he did something that whatever he does to make his heart happy on his birthday and had a great one. And uh, we, we expect to celebrate your birthday for at least 60 more years, Robert. So thank you for all you've done for all of us and all the great music you've put out into the world. And uh, yeah, 60 years, flawless. <laughs> so, uh, well, <laughs> we got lots to celebrate, though. So we're coming off the heels of the uh, rock and roll induction, Robert Smith's birthday. What more could we possibly praise this band with? But guess what? On Thursday, I believe of this week, May 2nd, will mark the 30th anniversary. 1989, May 2nd, 30th anniversary of the release of the greatest album ever recorded by anyone anywhere, Disintegration. And uh, wow, what an amazing record. What can you do? How can you possibly go over this again? If you've been following our show, you know that Donald and I did our album review of Disintegration. I think it's a little over a year ago now, but it still feels fairly fresh. Uh, we really dug into that one, and um, I think we definitely cracked two hours on it and uh, tried to do the whole process, pre-recording, where the band was at, why they took the direction they did with it, what was going on within the band, what was going on um, you know, in the world in 1989 as The Cure released this album and uh, the reactions. Uh, we did the song by song. So I highly recommend if you didn't check out the actual episode, uh, go back and listen to the episode. It should at least be on YouTube. I don't know how the iTunes thing where it cuts after about a year, but um, uh, it's definitely on YouTube, so go find the Disintegration episode and if you really want to dive into that album. But we wanted to take another approach for this 30th anniversary, so we're breaking it up into two segments, basically. And uh, what we wanted to do, if you've also been following the show, you realize our buddy Chaz from 17 Second Shirts um, didn't quite jump on board until about Wish, officially. We had him as a guest a bunch of times, but now we've kind of roped him in to uh, doing all the album reviews with us and, and other topics more frequently, and we love having him on, and we're all just bummed that we missed the boat on having him on for Disintegration, and I know how much he loves that album. So uh, we thought one of the cool different approaches we could take for celebrating the 30th anniversary of Disintegration would be kind of just letting Chaz have the platform and really get his scoop on his perspective of disintegration since Donald and I rambled on pretty good in that other episode. So I think if uh, you really need more nitty gritty from us, go check that one out. But um, Chaz does a cool, he really focuses, focuses on the, uh, the diving into the lyrics and the lyrics of disintegration, which we don't really do too much on this show. We try to not consciously steer away from it, but it is so interpretation-based, and there's no real way to prove any of it unless there's the scattered interview comment. But, um, you know, so, but it's fun to do occasionally. And um, and Chaz does a great job of just really diving into his uh, interpretations of the lyrics and 
So uh, we'll dive into that. We also do just kind of a general, why is this album still relevant? How on earth could it keep getting better with every listen since 1989? And, um, you know, what, what makes this album great in the Cures catalog even? Why is this the one that everybody always refers back to, makes a big deal about? Why is this the one that they're going to play four nights, or at least, is it four nights in Sydney, Australia, celebrating all the way through? Um why this album? Why did it break them through to the mainstream so big when it's such a dark and and uh, heavy album? So uh, we're going to look at all of that, um, but we have an extra special treat for you guys that we're doing for Act 1 of this episode, if you will. And um, it's very cool. I'm always griping that there aren't one more Cure podcast out there. I would love it if there's a billion of these podcasts out there so we could all feed off of each other. But uh, I'm also like, why aren't there just other bands that I love? There aren't really that many like just solid music podcasts about like, one artist or one band. And um, sure enough, I stumbled across about a few months back now, maybe almost a year. Um, there's an Echo and the Bunnymen podcast out there called Is There an Echo in Here? And it's on iTunes and elsewhere probably. Um, but I know for sure it's on, El- on iTunes. And... Um, it's a great podcast. It's really cool. The, it's a husband and wife couple, and uh, they really dig in deep, and they, they've got their shit way more together than here at, at the Holy Hour, that's for sure. Um, but they still keep it very loose and uh, fun. It's not just reading Wikipedia entries. They do serious research and have great opinions and conversation and dialogue about all these topics and you know they're just kind of scratching the surface on it too there's like nine episodes i believe out so far and uh they stretch back to they do the i think the first one maybe they kick it off really cool with a just a liverpool episode where they just dig into the whole history of liverpool and the gradual uprising of the music scene and how it leads uh eventually up to echo and the bunnymen and uh lots of cool just kind of side thought conversations like that they haven't even done full full on uh, albums yet Uh, they do introductions to the bands there's a great episode where courtney um one of the hosts of the show goes to see echo and the bunny men live and even runs into ian at the end she meets him so um pretty rad and and then the crazy part is is i dug into this wonderful new podcast found out that courtney and shane who host the podcast live right here in asheville and um, I'm like, what? Asheville, North Carolina. That's where I am. So small world, very crazy. And it turns out that Shane even uh, I crossed paths with back in, in the music days when I was playing live music more. Uh, he went to school with, with my buddy that I played in a band with here in town. And, uh, and was an amazing guitarist. Um, he's just widely respected throughout Asheville and all around the world probably at this point. I know he tours a lot with his bands and um, just an amazing person and guitarist and uh, really cool. So I couldn't be more thrilled and we we're definitely trying to organize some kind of crossover episode because it is so much crossover there and, and, and why not, right? That would be awesome. But uh, it turns out in listening to this awesome new podcast too, The Cure gets mentioned a few times and it turned out that Courtney is a pretty big Cure fan too. And uh, definitely had some love for disintegration. So I figured this would be a great time to introduce her and the podcast to you and also share some outside input on disintegration 
and uh, and its 30-year history. So I'd love to kick off the the episode now with a segment sent in from our buddy, our newest buddies, Courtney and Shane from the Is There an Echo in Here podcast, with their thoughts on disintegration 30 years on. First of all, I want to say what an honor it is to uh, be on the Holy Hour podcast. I could go on and on, but our time is limited, so I'm just going to get right into it. We have between 10 and 20 minutes. We should kind of time ourselves. Disintegration. So before I get into how I heard the album, I want to talk about something that we've talked about on our podcast before, which is... What a dark period, um, the years of 1986 to 1988, 89 were. Right. You know, we got uh, Bring Me a Higher Love. Bring me a higher love. You have your Paula Abdul. You got... Here's a cold-hearted snake. Girl. Looking to arise. Uh-oh. You got, you know, Bless Her Heart. Whitney Houston was just not really my thing. You got... Dance with somebody. You got new kids on the block, and even like the. Listen up, everybody! If you want to take a <laughs> chance, just get on the floor and do the new kids dance. So you had all that going on, right? And for myself, as a young person, there had been some you know really good music coming out in the early '80s that I had been into. But um, as an 11-year-old ages 9 to 11, I was really, really, really into the police. And, you yeah, know, that, that was, was kind of it. That was it, yeah. <laughs> you were so into the police, you were into, like, all of the Stuart Copeland side projects. Oh, I mean, all the soundtracks and, that he did. I was yeah. He was my main guy in the band. So, anyway, I'll just... That's why you married me. Because <laughs> Shane kind of looks like Stuart Copeland, right? So here I am, I'm 11 years old, um... And I'm already kind of depressed because we've, you know, our family's kind of starting to fall apart. And we moved out of Atlanta, which is my favorite place. I still kind of romanticize that city. I love it. And I remember in the summer of 1989, I was going to go back and stay with my friend, my sweet, just dear, sweet friend, Sarah, Sarah Calvert. She was just one of those, those kids like that. You know, to this day, if I ran into her, I just know I would love her. Like, she was just my really kind, sweet friend. And I was going to go and visit her for, like, two weeks or something. It was a really long time because her father had a brain injury. And he was in recovery and living with his mother, who was a friend of my parents. So um, so the summer of 89, I went to visit her. And I remember her mother, her grandmother lived in this big, just this, to me, like a castle. But I'm sure it was just like a very large house in Atlanta that had this, you know, this room that was made of stone. It was like, I'm sure it was the size of like a large living room or game room, but it was just this huge hall of rock to me. And um, her father couldn't drive a car, so he was riding his bike to the grocery store to work every day. And it was a very kind of landlocked experience where um, we could walk to the pool down the street but otherwise we're indoors um, in this very hot city all day long. Mm. So I remember, you know... How long was the visit? I think it was. It seemed really long, but time is weird, but maybe two weeks or something. Okay. So sometime in that first week, I remember my parents had given me $20 spending money, and I, 
I remember her, her aunt came to visit and her aunt was able to drive us somewhere and she drove us to like a CD warehouse or like some kind of record shop somewhere near Virginia Highlands. And, you know, I had seen this music video at the, you know, as school was ending. I remember MTV was on before school and I saw, I heard these like kind of organs and I looked <laughs> up and there's this man in a cave with lipstick and I was like wow this is just the song is so gorgeous the cure all right someday I will get that tape one of these days if I ever get my hands on some money so I had this 20 bucks and we went to uh this you know tape store and I bought a tape the tape disintegration it had this guy's face in the cover and I remember on the way home we had like our Walkman in our head phones ready and I put it on and I heard the chimes of plain song and that's when my life changed basically that was like sort of a loss of innocence nothing ever has sounded or ever will sound as good as that album sounded to me it eclipsed everything I'd ever heard the police sounded totally dumb to me after that every album I still can't put it on you know, anything that comes before or after it will sound dumb to me. Yeah. And lo-fi. Just the sonic. I mean, to me, it was like, I'm sure when people heard Lucky Man by um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer for the first time, and were like, what is this, you know, sonic, this extraordinary sound? And I'd heard some stuff. I'd heard some hi-fi, you know, sound and stuff before. There's nothing like this It's like album. a hug. As I was thinking this morning. I mean, a hug and, from uh, yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, like a sonic <laughs> hug. But it's, yeah, it's like a soul hug. Oh, I mean, and it said on the CD, cause, or on the tape, because I would look at them very closely, it said, please play this album loud. I'm sure everybody remembers that. Oh, all that's the fans. Cool. And, and so I did. And I'm sure my ears have, like, suffered. But the re- <laughs> what I remember about the rest of the trip is, like, my, my sweet friend was there to hang out. But I just was going to be listening to this album with my headphones on for the rest of the trip. Yeah, wow. And she'd be like, you want to hang out? Do you want to um, watch a movie? I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'd love to, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening to this album today. I'm busy. So um, I'm going to sit in the rock room. Oh, there's our chihuahua. Her I'm going to f- remove chihuahua <laughs> from room. Oh. So I would sit... And just like with the headphones on, I don't know, meditating. Sometimes I draw. Sometimes I would try to draw Robert Smith's face. Um, I would just sit there and listen endlessly to this album. It was one of those albums, too, where each song is better than the one before it. And it just, I mean, it was unbelievable. I'd never heard an album like that. I was used to kind of skipping around a police album, you know, and like a dud here, a dud there, and then a good song. And then, but this was just a, I mean, and, and the, and so thematic that it was so dark and it was sort of like a ominous, it, it sort of ushered in the, the depression that I needed to feel that I was already oh. feeling, gave voice to it. Um, it really was like a loss of innocence. Like, I, I mean, so this is when, well, Shane just took a bite of a, Pancake. So maybe I'll keep talking for just a minute more because I want to pass the mic. But um, yeah, and 
you're still chewing. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay. Here's one thing I'll say. Okay. Um, the theme of this album is just. Uh, I remember in the Holy Hour podcast and the other episode they did, they were talking about how um, Robert Smith was doing a lot of acid during the making of this album. He was kind of revisiting acid. And when I think of acid, I think of like, let's go to bed or like some kooky love cats or whatever. Hmm. When this man takes acid, I guess he just meditates on the disintegration of a family. The song Disintegration, which is probably my favorite song in the world, huh. like really one of them. That Beautiful song, and definitely my, my favorite Cure song. <laughs> no, that's not Disintegration. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, you know, and maybe I should pass my, but first I want to say, like, that song is just about a guy leaving his family. It's just the, the story. To me, yeah. that's what it is to me. I mean, right. it's about a guy who is walking out on his family. He knew he would. I mean, just super depressing. Nothing nothing more depressing than a man uh, leaving his family. So, uh, yeah. and then that note, I'll just let, the, let Shane come in. Isn't here. it kind of like, it feels very uplifting to me, though. All right. All right, I'm going to well, talk fast. Up-tink, I'm going to talk up-tempo. fast here. Because okay. right, we so don't Shane. got a lot of time. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. I listened to this album for the first time from beginning to end this morning. Okay, now okay. listen. He was 20 years. I've been trying to get him to listen to it. No, that's not to say I haven't listened to the whole thing before, because every song is familiar to me <laughs> to some degree, some more than others. But the latter few songs, maybe less so, only because they're at the end. But good. That's a good closer, man. I love. Oh, it's good. The song starts. Favorite. Yeah, the song. The album starts with uh, some wind chimes. It ends with an accordion. Um, <laughs> It's a strange place in my life because The Cure in high school, I wish I had gotten to this album when I was younger. And I feel like I am now. And it's a great thing about podcasting and talking about things because you kind of go into it more deeply than you would. Like uh, most things as an adult, because you're like, oh, I'm going to, and I feel like I'm more immersed in the world. So I kind of get to have that renegotiation of my childhood where I wish I liked The Cure because I always liked the kids wearing The Cure shirts. They're the good kids. The they nice were the nice ones. ones mm-hmm. But I was an asshole because I grew up in like a toxic environment. And I was more, you know, Roger Waters, Pink Floyd, and I was a metalhead, and I was more just like kind of snarky and like very disturbed. Speaking of acid, I was also taking acid and going to high school and interfacing with kids in Cure shirts and other shirts. And I was wearing um, Metallica and Ministry and, but also, you know, Jimi Hendrix, whatever. But, but like, I'd be in like the halls of my high school. Robert Smith, huge Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd fan. I'd be listening to like, dark side of the moon in my headphones before algebra class tripping on lsd and i think about how i would like to have been listening to this album also at that time yeah absolutely because i put it on this morning on my way to the gym because i knew we were going to talk about this and i've been listening to it recently a couple other times um when i was traveling a little bit and it's a weird place in my life to like um go into uh an exchange with this record as a 41 year old man who's also kind of you know a highly accomplished musician uh, that like has th- and just has a really sensitive ear for a lot of things so and 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 too much so because i and i was trying to listen to it this morning and i was thinking i'm just gonna follow the words because most people listen to music and that's all they listen to is the words and that's why people you know pop music is what it is it's like the words are the first thing they hear but i'm sitting there like 
oh, the drum arrangement or, you know, like, oh, how's the bass mixed on this? That's a very interesting use of synthesizers. Oh, I like, you know, wow, that's a, like a really like interesting structure to that, that melodic line and how, you know, and here comes these harmonies and that's so weird. What are, what are they doing? You know, I'm like, there's this like interrogation I'm doing in terms of arrangement, which is fascinating about this album. And I, I'll listen to it a lot more moving forward with the rest of my life. I'm excited about it because I noticed my first impressions on deep listening to this in the last few weeks were there's this sort of elementary quality to the riffage that like a teenager would come up with. It's the first thing you'd come up with on a guitar. A lot of like, there's a lot of this brilliant. No, no. And that's not me speaking in a pejorative sense about it. It's more like, like this is, there's a primal thing about it. At first, that's what I noticed. I'm like, wow, these riffs are just like, he's got an open string and he's just moving one finger around up and down the scale. Talk about the bass. You know? Okay, so, yeah, the bass does that sometimes too. Sometimes it's played with a pick. There's The bass is, sounds different. Every song actually sounds different on this album, which is what's brilliant about it, yet it's a cohesive whole. It's a complete sonic you world. It's so funny you were talking about. Sometimes it's so low in the mix. Yeah, you sometimes can't you can't hear it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's songs where it's like really high and trebly and like picked and like it's like the main thing. Then there's songs where they're it's like really muffled and just like this like substrate of like root notes. Then there's stuff where there's like a synthesizer playing the bass <laughs> and the bass is kind of dealing in the mid range, working off of the guitars in this kind of like weird yeah, 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 close down. Yeah, this kind of by the way, the album club, if you can y'all listen to that, they talk about the close down as being like a, a throwaway song. It's one of my favorites. So there's, anyway. There's no throwaway songs in the record. Plain song, not oh. so plain. Let me just tell you. Oh, yeah, Why is that right. called a plain song? Oh, my God. That ain't no plain song. Uh, I think it's interesting. Really, the first song on the album where there's like a conventional drum set sound Strong. is the hit song uh, that we all heard on the radio, which was um, Love Song. Oh, love Song. Uh, that you were talking about the video, right? Like, cause that's the first one where there's actually like a like a snare and hi hat and kick, like yes. like sounds like a drum, and then there's a little guitar solo. Like that's Very like a 60s. And you know what's interesting about this album too is I feel like all of the the hits, you know, the releases off the album are amazing, obviously. But when you get into the album, I feel like they're the weaker songs. I'm that's just me. I agree. No, I'd agree with that. Um, and we've heard them so much. And to me, I remember that song really liking that it. Pictures of you is perfection. I really liked it as a kid, uh, that song a lot. But it kind of just fell into this kind of what I when I met you and you're like, yo, I really like Cure. I was like, yeah, I'm not so into like Brit pop kind of stuff. That's what I said, something like that. Because I'm more into like Frank Zappa and like. Vishnu Orchestra, basically music that sucks, and uh, but sure is fast and you know and tight and uh, and isn't that impressive, you know? Um, but that's not to say that I wasn't also like a big Floyd fan and really liked music with a lot of deep emotional content. And anyway, uh, they kind of blended into me with Tears for Fears at the time because <laughs> because Love Song was on MTV at the same time as Sowing the Seeds was of Love. So weird about what you just said What's you didn't that? even know this but as, as i mentioned i had 20 dollars. yeah and i went to the the record oh, store oh damn and one of the albums i got was tears for fear songs um big chair whatever oh. and the other one was the cure they were on mtv at the same time they were like back to back constantly yeah that was like and there was a similar well, look yeah. you know there was this really. <laughs> yeah i thought i saw they had this sim they had big hair and this kind of like you know like 
sort of effeminate kind of thing going on and, and uh, I don't know I like both yes, of those songs a lot trained metalhead eye perhaps that I liked both of them I wasn't really metalhead at that time I was like in middle school it was pre-metalhead right. I mean I was an Iron Maiden fan but not like yeah that's it what a great album Total Masters continue your point about but what were you saying about the bass this is an album that's not afraid to drop some bass on your ass though too like in a big way the bass is like a big saturation like like factor there's a lot of moments where i'm just like I f that's what i was saying it's like a hug it's like a, an embrace yeah. when that bass drops and i will you know it's like this this magnificent sort of like i feel cocooned or cushioned in this loving kind of way and, I, and the whole album just feels like pure bliss to me um and i can you know i, I was trying to analyze it too because i knew i was gonna be talking about it so i was like well let's talk about like Let's talk about how the Cure uh, is like can get away with using chimes in a way that is not you know uh, you know totally cheesy. It works for them. Let's talk about how Robert Smith can appropriate Spider Man after it's already been like a cultural icon for fifty years at the time, right? And and just retool it like the, the, just the coinage Spider Man yeah, yeah. and you don't really think of the Amazing Spider Man when he's talking about like <laughs> Spider Man gonna eat your forest tonight tonight you know it's like I mean it's like kind of a scary weird song lullaby and a lot of the song titles are almost like descriptions of the song plain yeah. song love song lullaby untitled like there's these kind of Where's for rain but just like descriptive of song yeah you know what I mean yeah. Th this type of song so. Uh, I was going to say this also, so I, because we're able to do this right now because our daughter is in a school situation now, a couple days a week, so, and I was taking her to that school situation after my gym situation of listening to the whole album, and then I put it on again as we were driving to school this morning, and the chimes at the beginning, and as soon as um, plain, song. plain Song kicked in, she goes, I love this, it's like magic. And she's four, you know? And I was like, oh, that's great, you know? That's right. That's how I felt, yeah, too. Yeah, totally. It's a universal feeling that I think we can all relate to as Cure fans. Um, you know, it was his... Well, he, he went about making this album to make a masterpiece. This is going to be his masterpiece. a great success. <laughs> and success. He did it. Good job, Bob. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, I mean, Good job, Bob. <laughs> we could go on and on, but I guess we shouldn't yeah, so and be respectful. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else to add? I just think it's great though. Like to, uh, it's hard for me to like get into things, you know, as you get older, it's harder to like, if you haven't, if you weren't into it when you were younger, it's yep. like sometimes harder oh, to yeah. like to access it unless it's like a genre thing. Like I already like jazz. Like I'm listening to a new <laughs> jazz album, but to listen to like this, like, get into a band or something i, yeah. I kind of find it difficult to like but i feel like this has actually been quite therapeutic for me and uh healing to go forward because i always wanted to be friends with the cure fan kids yeah. i just we felt like this sort of alienation and, and kind of like inability to like um well i guess it would be a f fear of intimacy was what my therapist described as <laughs> at one point but anyway so my embracing of like the cure uh, this album, it sort of feels like a renegotiation. It brings me a lot of joy and, 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 and happiness at this point in my life. So uh, 30 years later, I'm glad I can, you can kind of, and that's the beauty of music. Those navigating the imaginal realms transcends time and space. It's a fucking wormhole to healing. Go back, play that music for your teenage self, and take that LSD, go to school, 
Hang out with those kids. It's never too late. Never. And on that note, I guess we'll we'll close down. Get it? Oh, <laughs> damn. But uh, we are Shane and Courtney, and um, we have a podcast about Echo and the Bunnymen. Coincidentally, we live in the same town as the guys who do this podcast. The Holy it's Hour. pretty amazing. So, pretty wild. again, it's really an honor. Thank you for having us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Shane and Courtney. That was awesome. And, uh, yeah, man, we should have just given you a whole hour. Um, so we hope to have you back again. And uh, we'd love to talk some uh, Echo and the Bunny Men with you guys sometime and return the favor. But uh, just a little taste for, for people out there in the cure world of what you are in store for when you check out Is There an Echo in Here podcast on iTunes. You uh, won't be sorry. Go go find those episodes immediately. And uh, now we're going to shift gears a bit. And I'm going to call up my ring-a-ding crew, Donald and Chaz. And uh, we're going to hash it out a bit more. So uh, sorry for a bit of redundancy. A couple topics overlap from what Courtney and Shane talked about. But uh, we're going to leave them in there. See if you can spot them. Let's rewind again. May 2, 1989. You guys might have, might have covered this last episode the time you did it before, but uh-huh. when was the first time you listened to the album all the way through? Yeah. First listen, going back all those 30 years ago, it was on the release date. This was the first one I got on the day that it came out because um, I got into them like 88. I guess it was like the summer, maybe even late 87, but like Kiss Me had already been out and kind of, you know, was doing maybe like the last single I got at the store, but I was still like uh, fifth grade at that point. So going Mm -hmm. into sixth grade, um, anticipating this one, and I was seeing like ads for it and stuff. So I was already like a diehard fan as much as like a sixth grade kid could be a diehard (laughs) fan of anything, I guess. But um, so, yeah, really anticipating it. And uh, this is the one that my mom took me to store, the mall, and I bought it. I sat in the clothes shop while she clothes shopped, and I just read all the liner notes from the cassette and went home then listened to it all and you know it was just pretty blown away i remember the exact first listen like kind of just going wow this is kind of a dark album you know because i was kind of anticipating the poppier stuff too you know but like yeah so like the first you know plain song was like i like it but it's like i can't hear his vocals i remember like being worried that all of it was gonna be really mumbly like that you know and then (laughs) Pictures of you kind of snapped me out of it quick, but uh, but yeah, I loved it pretty pretty initially from the bat, but I knew it was gonna be like a different cure journey already because it was like, because with the dark stuff at that point, I liked it, but I wasn't like crazy about it. I was still, you know, pop cure all the it's a way. Lot to take in, yeah, you know, and like all their darker stuff. Yeah, but that's when I met Donald was in that sixth grade class too, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, we hit it off like pretty early in that year i think and just started hanging out a lot and sharing music and i gradually was sharing him music and he came around i think by by the end of that year like we had started like definitely swapping a lot of tapes and stuff and our and we had narrowed it down in that first episode of the holy hour that was like what the hell did i copy for don and then we narrowed it down it was like oh yeah it wasn't a mix everything else was mixes but this was like the first one where i was just like here here's the new cure album you gotta listen to this and I think that gradually won you over, maybe. <laughs> Hard to say. It did. I was already, I was already won over. Yeah. Because uh, that was a bleak time. 19, like, 89? Yeah, it was the 88, 89 school year. So. Crazy. Because I was all Janet. <laughs>
back then. Yeah, so. you're right. <laughs> so this, 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 this integration really blew my mind. Yeah. I swear to God, I still have that mixed, that copy somewhere. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> In a box. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that was my first. was just like Gavin's uh, influence, like, check this out. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's were just being kind of heavy. I didn't. And I did flock to like the poppy ones. Yeah. Because like kind of the heavy ones, there was a lot. Yeah, it was so weird. Uh, and I mean, I think that is a, a lot to take in. Huge testament to that album is that the singles really do just kind of flow with everything. So you do kind of just take the whole album, you know, even though I knew there were singles. I knew Fascination Street already because that was the first single in the U.S. And uh, right. so I had the little single of that that I'd gotten in advance. But uh so that was the only one, though, going into it that I'd already heard. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> so, so lots what of sentimental you, value. Yeah, where were you at with it? So you guys heard that in 89. I was eight years old, so I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't even in the picture at that point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was watching Teletubbies. Yeah, and... pretty much. Uh, uh, accounting <laughs> class in 1998 when okay. uh veronica penzak gave me the <laughs> cd to listen to so hey. yeah so uh we ended up dating a couple like about six months later but uh how do you well, not yeah. date a chick that's like have you heard this record <laughs> yeah. i dated i dated gavin for like <laughs> three months in the sixth grade when he gave me a mix yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah we were uh the I forget the teacher was out that day or was going to be on, be out for a while. So it kind of was like a glorified study hall. Yeah. And, uh, we both said we were going to bring in music for us to listen to. And, uh, I gave her some CDs and then she's, she gave me some of the CDs that she was listening to at the time. And this was right in there. Oh, and so I, I just put it in and listened to it all through class. And, and that was the first cure at all or no, that was, a, no. well, I mean, that was the first, uh, I mean, I'd heard other, uh, hits like Boys Don't Cry and yeah. uh, Just Like Heaven and stuff like that, but I never really dove into them. Uh, I was more into hardcore and punk at that time, right. uh, so it wasn't really on the radar. Uh, She's trying to chill the Chaz so, out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, and then the first time... She's uh, just, like, rubbing your back, like, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and I, shh, I remember shh, her and I shh. going to the uh, Double Decker Records in, in Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, cool. And, like, uh, the first time we went up there together, I found a bunch of Cure Records that were sitting there. And I bought them all, and that's where it basically started with buying way too many Cure Records. Right them, so. <laughs> been buying yeah. all of them ever since. Yeah, pretty much. So. You have your thirtieth identical copy of Disintegration on vinyl. 30, well, no, not thirty yet. But I mean, if you count the different CDs and cassettes and records, hey. it's pretty pretty damn close. So. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you Still. remember your initial reaction? Then was it love at first here or? Uh, like? I did not like plain song. Yeah. At, at first, at first here, like I, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, I just, right. it wasn't for me. And then, like, as the album went on, it it seemed to get. I mean, it, it definitely got harder. You know, you go into Last Dance and Lullaby and Fascination Street, something that I could really yeah. get into. So I I just remember loving like the meat of that album. Yeah. Uh. So 
Yeah, I, I think that was the original. I was like, skip. And then, you know, go to Pictures of You, which is, you know, kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, so kind of hit a home run with that one and then moved all the way down, so... Yeah. It's yeah. funny, like, the hardcore guys, like, like this washy weird thing I don't like, but this yeah. really pretty long pop song. Yeah, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, pitches or a plain song was just strange. Like going back to what I was saying too with it, because I I love like the strings and everything was very like one more time, kiss me kind of over dramatic that I loved. But then like yeah, that mumbly vocals, and I I remember even as a kid like thinking how great the lyrics were because I'd read them in advance and everything, and I was just like, but you can't hear them, man. What the hell? You know? <laughs> I remember being point? so bothered by that. And I was just like, ah, oh, you can't turn, just turn off the lyrics, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, then, of course, yeah, I think that's, that's, some, that's something that's bothered me about that song, even though I think it's amazing now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's still, that still bothers me. Uh, I remember listening to it at work like two nights ago, and I was uh-huh. just like, man, I really wish I knew who he was saying right now because I don't I don't have lyrics memorized, yeah. so I was just like I I can pick some stuff out here and there and stuff that I I know off the top of my head, but yeah I I just I don't have the lyrics in front of me, so I don't really know what's going on. So unlike the rest of the album, which I can pretty yeah, much quote. Sometimes it's good there. not to know what's going on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I like that's what I like about it. Like I, I could give two shits about lyrics, anyways. Is like as long as the cadence is good and it's a nice melody, or it's pretty, or it's scary. Yeah. Like as long as long as the point is conveyed, like that's all I'm happy with, and yeah. that's what I think with that song. Like its yeah. point is conveyed in that, in that, that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a scary feeling. It. I mean, it's definitely a dark contrast to the rest of the album. Just how. Uh, it's got to be the most beautiful Cure song, like written, like the like if you add everything right. all together, right? Just just in. I know I've said this before, but when I saw them at Madison Square Garden, that was the first time I'd ever heard that song live, and it just like, it Fucked took you it took yeah absolutely it took over the entire arena, um it was it was just amazing yeah. like just yeah it was. I don't know. It, it was, just fills it up so quick. Yeah, possibly. absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's suck suck the air out, right? <laughs> Very <laughs> quickly. It really does. Yeah, so. Like, cause cause it is confusing. Cause it's like it's, it's disorienting. Like, just the the all the sounds in the song and then the lyrics are all tripped out and delayed, mumbly and like yeah, like it forces everyone to like pay attention. Yeah, cause it's not so well drawn out, you know. Yeah, or picture perfect or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's safe to say that, like, sentimental value for this album, I mean, looking at, and that's kind of what we're looking at, too, a lot is just how this album has held up or, you know, changed or not changed over 30 years of celebrating its history. And uh, I I think just the sentimental value we've touched on a lot in other albums and, uh, you know, Donald's kind of gone on the record of saying that, like, Wish in particular, you say, like, maybe the sentimental value kind of outweighs more than the quality of the record at times even, and it's tough to really size that up with anything, you know, in your life that you really loved growing up with or, you know, anything from, like, high school or something. You have a fond memory of this album, and it's like – well, is it really as great as you thought it was, or is it just because you associate it with some so many cool things, or maybe not even or cool things? Or does it things, even matter? Yeah, like, so who knows? You know what I mean? 
and like this album in particular is just strange because I think it's so many people's like first like love of the cure and like maybe first hearing of the cure or you know like first like really appreciations of an album even so I mean right. it, it's it like a big heavy album too yeah so you do kind of like wonder people our age you know it's like is that what really m- like, makes this album so great you know it's because it was like, it was my first heavy record yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't all just about this or that you know but i mean i don't know it's, it's a weird question because there's so many people at different points in their lives so I, I think it's safe to say that it can't be all that but you just wonder i mean i think it's none of that i think it's just such a great album and it just happened to fall in that time period for a lot of people you know i think of course you have sentimental value and attachments to it but um i don't know i think it's strange because the whole like how many things and over that 30 years how many things i've associated this with and it hasn't ruined or changed my opinion of the album at all you know what i mean it's like i've put it on after every horrible event in my life and i put it on at great events in my life and i somehow still never attach it to any of those things you know i think back (laughs) and i'm like oh yeah that was a bad breakup when i cried to disintegration 15 times in a row you know (laughs) but still i never think of that event as being part of disintegration's history in my head it's more of like disintegration was just there with me you know (laughs) as as cheesy as that sounds maybe but i don't know what do you guys think is it to any of that or not too much i think that if you're gonna if somebody comes to you and says why you're into the cure and like they wanted to hear the cure i Mm -hmm. would give them this album above any other not just because it's their best album but i think it encompasses their 40-year career in one album and uh i think it's just it's a i don't think it's like aged at all like i I mean i think it's just it's just kind of timeless in a way that you know you listen to this uh, heavy synth music now from like the eighties and it's terrible. Like a lot of the times it's terrible. Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't age very well. But like this album is so <laughs> fucking heavy, uh, yeah. you know, with the synths and everything. And it it didn't it it just adds more to it. And I think, uh, I know every time I listen to it, I pick something up different each time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I was listening to it today, and I just realized the first time ever that there were. Uh, that Robert, I forget what song it was. I have it written down somewhere, but mm-hmm. he's there's actually he's doing his own backing vocals, where he's just kind of whispering the words. Yeah, and yeah. they put it on, you know, Lots they put it behind his regular vocals, so it like kind of echoes. Yeah, but yeah, it was the first yeah. time I heard it, and I'm just like, wow, that's really smart. And then I listened to Disintegration the other night at work, and. It's not the first time I realized it, but it was definitely like it, it took it to another level. The backing vocals on Disintegration that are really high pitched, and mm-hmm. yeah. like it just like it takes the song to another level that I don't think other albums can do, right. uh, especially not by them, but just like overall. And the detail, yeah, the absolutely. Detail there's so much fucking so detail sick, in this like, album, and it's weird. Like I don't. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just like that back. I know what you're saying with like that back and track of like, like a harmony yeah. echoed out, like just a little like in the back, like, like once you realize it's like, holy shit, like how much more is there? And there's 
a lot more yeah. little so many doors. Like that, yeah, man. It's like, like, oh, yeah. It's strange in the sense, too, because it's not new for them even at that point. I mean, they are so good at the laytering and, you know, <laughs> like, like you, doing that shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Kiss Me wasn't like a simple album even, you no. know what I mean, as far as like not doing this, but this still works so much better. And, you know, and then later albums, they produce the shit out of everything, you know, and there's – and yeah, and it's cool to hear the little weird harmonies that do stand out occasionally when you don't hear it and stuff. But it is a weird thing with this album, like you're saying. It just there's always something new, always something different, and then so many little details. But they're all great too. Like it always yeah, exactly. like there's like I've said it in the other episodes where it's just like there's literally, in my opinion, no wasted note on this whole album. You know, yeah. like yeah. other stuff will yeah. have cool shit, but it's like if you take it out, it's not like whatever. But I mean, everything's kind of necessary and everything works perfectly nothing stands out in a weird way so uh, like i think it's almost like just you know just with like the production of the record and like yeah the playing and stuff and like the, the recording and the mixing it's like a master class like like they weren't joking when they put that record out like on fucking cassette and they're like play it loud mm-hmm. <laughs> it says yeah. that in the liner notes yeah. like they're fucking not joking man like turn that fucker up and like like it sounds amazing like that's why like 30 years down the road it's like this fucking record is still important yeah it sounds that it was that well done like top to bottom you know yeah there's and like yeah uh, not many records like that there's something amazing with i've listened to this record on my computer and a tape deck on a cd player (laughs) Yeah. But seriously, yeah. putting my headphones in and turning oh, yeah. it up as loud as it can go and just playing it, I you it's just like a wall of sound each time. And it's yeah. just Yeah. I don't like that's how I pick up on all these little different things every single time. You know, there's something from Roger or something from yeah. Simon, like a, a different bass thing that I didn't hear before and you know, just the layering over and over again that I, I think the only way that you can listen to this record properly is is to turn it up as loud as you can get it. Uh, yeah, so I, I like to like blast it on speakers real loud. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just like it's made in such a way. It's just so well done. <laughs> where it's just like it, it fills up a fucking room so well. Where it's like the whole room is humming with like harmonies and yeah. like, low tones, like high tones, and like the depths on the toms when like Boris does like a do 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 like. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's fucking classic, man. And I mean, in, in touching on that point, too, of both the production and it being timeless and it not sounding weird, it's like that idea of thinking of, like, I mean, technically 80s, but even if you give it that grace period of, like, well, early 90s definitely had a weird sound, too. And I think a huge testament Sh- it is. Shania Twain years. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah we'll, we'll go into weird. a quick list of some shit that was going on around the same time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's an equally great, and I always go back to Dave Allen or David Allen, whatever, you know, call the guy that was co-producing all these great albums with Robert Smith. But, like, it doesn't sound – I mean, I think it's the production that doesn't – you know, because like you're saying, a lot of good 80s albums, the songs are great, you know, but they just sound like 80s shit, you know, and it's cool if it comes back around and it's more retro or whatever, you know, but it's like you put on like a Yaz album, I love it, but nobody's going to think that that came out like this year, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds dated, in a, even like The Walk or something, you know, it's like, you know, it sounds like it's definitely – 80s you know which is cool but at the same time 
It sounds 80s. I know, it's and, not a derogatory thing. It sounds yeah. like everything nah. sounds like when it was made. Yeah, and, and it, it can be intentional shit, too. But, uh, but at the same time, it's so weird because this didn't sound like the 80s in the 80s. And it still doesn't mm-hmm. sound like anything that you could put your thumb on now, uh, I think. you know, I feel like you could play this to somebody that's never heard it and they wouldn't be able to tell what the like fuck. Lenses? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like when the hell this came out or what. I mean... Because usually it is the tip-off is the production of like, yeah, that's totally 90s rock kind of thing. Even if it's, you know, not saying it's good or bad, but the production is usually what tips people off to the era that it came out in. You know, it's not even the song so much, but... uh, then they spend like eight months make like they spend forever fucking making this record, right? Eh, not by like some of their other crazy stan- standards. Um, I think it was November. All... No, this is like November '88 to February '89. It was yeah. I mean it. that's so, not three really months. That. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And they demoed a lot of it, but I mean it was all pretty casual, that's really. Wild. He got married before it and stuff. You know, it's just like okay, cool. Like, listen, just thinking <laughs> of it, like I, I just picture them like. All right, we need to do that reverb of yeah. vocal track, like, and just all these little like we need to work on the synth backtrack on the thing, and yeah. like it was just like took forever, but no, that's wild. Yeah. And even so like quick. remember we discovered I think mm. it was from that Never Enough book, but they said Dave Allen like sampled the kick drum from yeah. and he used it on every so i mean that's some labor intensive shit but like, <laughs> he used the same kick drum hit this was like pre-computer stuff too i guess so it's like i don't know how, yeah shit, it's like good lord but uh i mean and that could be wow. we, we kind of narrowed it down to maybe that's what gave it such a cohesive sound for mm-hmm. you know this whole album and stuff not that specifically but that kind of thing and that approach but but yeah i mean it's it wasn't like they slaved over it you know, nearly as long as like wild mood swings or anything like that. I know. So it's pretty crazy. Probably a good thing. Look yeah. What they did uh, with all that time. Yeah. Actually, hmm. that was a, one of the points that hit me today, too, was like uh, for how it is strange because it is so layered and intricate and not so many little details. But um, I was really listening to the deluxe edition demos and stuff. And it's funny with the demos how, like, true to the songs they are, really. Yeah. They just sound, you know, I mean, all the parts are pretty much there. On each demo, maybe there'll be, like, a, a harmony that's, like, they cut, you know, from the actual thing or something. Or one little guitar part that's a little goofier that they they flattened out by the time they did it. But for the most part, like, everything was pretty much how they demoed it and wasn't that shocking. Almost to the point where you're like, eh, yeah, it just sounds kind of like a crappier version of the real one, you know? And it's like... Uh, I think it just proves that they were such a band in their stride at that point too, you know, and they just had their shit so clicked, you know, and like they were tight. They, they knew what they were doing going into the studio. So yeah. Uh, They're just like pros at this point. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, they've been pros for a long right, time, but, <laughs> but being a pro for fucking ever, this is what happened. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's pretty clear with that lineup and everything of how they were just all clicking so good after head on the this door. This is what up, gets into know. that rock and roll. Hall <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame material right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every, every, everybody was on the ball. Like, I mean, there was no... Yeah. Uh, Almost I mean, everyone. Even, even <laughs> Lowell with those other instruments was on the yeah. ball. Low was all the ball. Low was on the ball and uh, boozed out. Like he's. Like, yeah, well, I mean, maybe like, out. He, he was doing his part by not fucking being around. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, right. yeah. I I I remember. I, well, I was looking over a bunch of uh, stories about the album the past mm-hmm. couple of days, and one that really struck me was uh, "Homesick." 
how mm-hmm. they were it was simon and roger were just they're eating dinner and they were drunk and they came back to the studio and yeah. just fucking banged it out like they just they just came back and wrote the song it was just like yeah. like just those two guys shit, and just dude. like what the f-? like i like that's such a great song yeah, it's like, literal name, like, but really good. Yeah, song. I'm just, I don't understand <laughs> how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing, and uh, you yeah. have to be on top of your game to do that kind of shit. Like I like the whole album. Is... That's your that's your off the cuff game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Seriously, we'll just you know. see what happens. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> oh, brilliant! Going back to what you said about the uh, the deluxe edition, uh-huh. I I love listening to those demos. Just because, yeah. you know, you don't really see how the sausage is made all the time, but and a lot of times <laughs> you don't want to, but, like, right, that right. is definitely one of the times where it was just, like, I mm. s- you, you really see where they're going with everything, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, you see the structure of how everything was built, and it's it's pretty fucking amazing. So, yeah. and like, a lot of the time, like, with deluxe albums, or you, where you hear demos, you just kind of kind of skip over them, or, you right. know, it seemed like kind of a waste of time. But mm-hmm. I think with this album, every every song is is a great listen. Even the stuff they didn't use, right? Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forget like because then there was like another round that was like the internet only versions too. They put out and like yeah. uh, and I kind of mix them all together at this point with whatever I have them on. But it, there's just like a lot of them were like I was saying where there, like there's like a version of love song where he's got like the high harmony which is in there normally but it's buried but it's like super loud on the demo it just sounds really weird you know and it's just like yeah you could tell like just it's really cool because they really are kind of mixing it as they go and like yeah that's a little weird but let's pull that down you know and mm-hmm. stuff like that just slight touches but it makes the world a difference you know it almost completely changed the song there's some good music in 1989 actually i made like two columns of ones just that thought it'd be funny to because there's some albums that I still love that came out in 89 too um, and then some uh, yeah well <laughs> not so much in that column but uh but I guess showing what the pop world was like around that time it was like Janet Madonna like a prayer Prince Batman soundtrack which has come up quite a bit on the show somehow but uh, <laughs> uh Debbie Gibson electric youth um Billy Joel, uh, Stormfront, which had the hit song, Stormfront. We Did Not Start the Fire. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, uh... I love the lyrics on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a history so, lesson almost. Yeah, it's, I was just yeah. going to say that. <laughs> I learned so much. <laughs> the Cola Wars. I like that part where he's like, like, the Cola Wars, I can't take it. I mean, like, what else are you fighting? It's like, was that like a big deal, really? I mean, <laughs> like a fucking coke Wait, person. who let the dogs out? <laughs> or who started the fire? Like, I don't the know. Cola Wars. It's like, I fought with your father in the Cola Wars. It was, it was like, <laughs> Tone Loke. Um, Cher had her big turn back turn. Oh God! I was that. <laughs> but, on that outfit on the on the fucking yeah, the sailor boys. <laughs> but uh, some great albums too. I uh, Pixies Doolittle. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Jesus and Mary Chain Automatic. Uh, mm-hmm. New Order Technique, which I always think is okay. kind of the last great New Order album, but uh, that's a whole other debate. Um, Beastie Boys. I remember all these records so fondly. Like, yeah, I remember like hearing them. Like, oh god, this like so many jams. Yeah. Um, although I totally didn't catch it in 1989, but Nirvana Bleach. Yeah, Nirvana, Nirvana Bleach. Yeah, well, that was that was 89 or 88. 89. 
Uh, something said 89, but okay. yeah, I could be wrong on that one. Um, but yeah. Soundgarden, so, uh, Louder Than Love. Ah, yeah. Replacements, Don't Tell a Soul, which a lot of people don't love that album, but that was the one that actually got me into the Replacements, so that was a cool album. There's a couple good songs on that. Yeah. I'm not bad at that. It can be talent show. <laughs> uh, Tom Petty, who, you know. It is what it is, but Full Moon Fever is a pretty good album. Oh, that record's so good. <laughs> yeah, you like, can't deny that as one. As far as, like, big Tom Petty, Tom Petty's dope. Yeah. That record's dope. Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine yeah. came out then. So those are just a few. Paul, Paul's Boutique. Yeah, Casey yeah. Boys, yeah. I listened to the fuck out of that. That record fucked me up. And uh, That was a good That was a good year for records. Which is, yeah, it's pretty diverse, you know? I mean, like, thinking of, like, how does disintegration fit into that? It's like, well, Nicely. how the fuck does... Like, what a diverse... Yeah, I mean, it's like Jesus and Mary yeah, Chain doesn't yeah. really even sound anything like uh, Tone Loke or Tom Petty. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, there's a lot going on. I wonder which ones of these Robert liked. What, were his, what was he listening to? <laughs> when he was taking a break from disintegration, it was like, probably went out, put on a little... Love Shack came out in 1989. Was that eighty nine? Yeah, yeah, that was that was my first concert. Was B fifty two's Cosmic Thing? Yeah, so yeah. Well, like you, you like listed all those bands. How many are? How many <laughs> would you say are like could be relevant today? Like not a whole lot of them. It's like I mean, if you played them for somebody, like like if you played them for like a sixteen year old, would they be like this? Mm. This shit is like whack, or would they be like, what is right. this? You know. Yeah. The, the show any interest in it oh. yeah i mean Hard yeah. To say. i just turn it off and be like if they're like this is whack i'm like you're fucking dumb <laughs> it's like this is we didn't that's start like, the fire man deserve, <laughs> that, you don't deserve to know that's not how you reach out to the youth donald <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you're dumb okay. you're dumb <laughs> all right grandpa um <laughs> get off my cassette deck <laughs> I have the top ten grossing films in 1989. Ooh, what do we got in the movies? Yeah. Number one was Batman. Yeah. Uh, Tim Burton. Based off, of uh, course. That's relevant to today. The summer of Batman. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Hell yeah. Uh, Lethal Weapon 2. That was a good uh, one. Look Who's Talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Ooh. Hell yeah. Back to the Future 2. Nice. Ghostbusters 2. Uh, Drive You Miss Daisy Ooh. Two <laughs> Yeah, <Hot>. two <laughs> uh, Parenthood and Dead Poet Society Nice Oh, shit Yeah, yeah that's a pretty solid lineup Yeah good. Yeah, it's a good year for the arts <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about that but. <laughs> So going back to the CARES Like, uh, approach to this thing um, I guess it's it's hard to not compare it to at least pornography, you know, because of the trilogy stuff. Like when you think about, you know, it's, it's yeah. obvious that that's what they're going for again, but like in a mm. whole different way. But um, I don't know. I mean, just the way that those two albums, I guess, you know, obviously pornography holds up still too over even greater amount of years. But it's like it's yeah. kind of its own whole deal. How do you guys feel about the comparisons? And do you think... You know, this took a specific route. I mean, I guess the question would be like, you know, we came to the kind of conclusion that it's a more mature pornography in a yeah, sense. Yeah. But do you do you feel that way? Uh yeah, I could 
I can see that. Uh, he did drop some of the lyrics from Cold into one of the songs. Yeah. Uh, so I I could definitely see the the comparison. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't I don't see the comparison with Bloodflowers uh, for the trilogy. Yeah. But, um, Hell no. I definitely is definitely more mature. There's more people in the band. And they've come a long way from those days, like writing music and production value-wise. Yeah. Um, but uh, I definitely would, s- you know, especially lyrically, how dark that was compared to this one. Um, yeah. Just a, just a feeling of hopelessness. Um, yeah. That I think's pretty much present in every song, um, if you break it down. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would I would definitely say yeah. And I'm hoping the new album, from what Robert said, is on the same level yeah, as that. Yeah, he's saying so, dark and intense, and the yeah. Cure fans will love it. Other people won't. It seems to fit the pattern for, uh, you know, like uh, I just didn't even realize till like, jotting down the notes for this. I was like, oh, wait, he's about to turn 60. Yeah. And uh, that's <laughs> what this was all about, was that he was turning 30. And the you know even Bloodflowers he was turning forty and then and even four thirteen Dream even though that doesn't come anywhere into it he was about no, to turn yeah. fifty but I mean at least it just shows if nothing else that he gets productive when, <laughs> and you know we we know that it's a big deal for him when he goes into a new uh, decade age bracket you know so so uh, did you do the math breakdown yet Chad no uh, no 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 uh. <laughs> you still you, you still have all the the chalkboard yeah, and the, yeah, uh, yeah. Yarn yeah. strings thumbtacks yeah. uh, yeah. I I am ready <laughs> for it all together I am ready for Bloodflowers Part Two but yeah <laughs> I think you <laughs> know yeah. so, I mean his idea of dark and intense yeah it could just be you know a sixty you know year old version is. of Bloodflowers yeah, yeah who knows but uh. At this point, I would take, though. I think it's almost probably better if he does just kind of embrace that more than trying to do, like, poppy cure that isn't catchy or something, you know? So, I mean, why not, you know? I think he, that's where the cure bread and butter is, if you will, so. And going back to something you said, Chaz, about the comparison between, like, pornography and disintegration is just, like, uh, the amount of members. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to make a wall like that, a sound... And you have just a couple people, like you kind of have to go pretty hard just to like get that effect. Yeah. But having so many people, I think, is really key to disintegration. Just like all the detail. And, but just and that wall of that wall of sound. And that the wall of sound can even people. be comforting in a sense because it's weird. I mean, there's definitely some hard and aggressive shit on disintegration, but for the most part, it's a wall of sound that's very like soft in a way too. You know, which is kind of weird for yeah. an album. Yeah, where it's like a big soft hug you know or something that just like (laughs) swallows you more than like hits you like with like a normal wall of sound would just be like whoa what the hell yeah it's like they're going for the same effect yeah yeah it's like a soft shoegaze album or something Uh, i I would say pornography is more like a sledgehammer and this is more of like yeah you're being slowly drowned like that's yeah, yeah. Um, but like honestly, like put it in put it in some context. Right. Uh, disintegration and pornography are only technically like six years apart. Yeah, like we're thinking like thirty years later, but that's, that's crazy. Yeah, no. like that's fucking crazy. Isn't it insane? Like they started recording this in eighty nine or eighty eight, right. and pornography came out like fresh in off the heels. It's yeah. like some bands don't even put album an album out like. 
Like yeah. six, just six years. Like <laughs> my yeah, youngest kids, crazy. my youngest kids, six years old, and like it's just yeah. Like I don't understand how you can go from, like it just blows my mind thinking about that. Yeah, um, and even just w- how much the band did and changed yeah. so many times in between that, knowing their history, even you know it's like in between you know eighty two to disintegration by that point you know it did it does feel like they've come so far and matured so much in that six years even but it's like probably hadn't really i mean he's like six years older how much wiser could he be really i mean it's like jeez he was still independent perspective like his abuses and everything during that time you know but during both times so i mean (laughs) not a lot i kind of feel like i always say like lyrically like you're saying you know definitely more mature in that sense but like the thing that i love about disintegration is that it feels like real problems in a bit you know like oh, i feel absolutely. like it's, you know <laughs> like grown-up stuff yeah and, and, and it sounds like i'm belittling the lyrics to pornography more but i think it's just it feels more like that's like younger like aggression Action. and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, get over your you shit know? kid yeah and i feel like i don't know why but it's just like and half the time, I still don't even know what the fuck he's talking about on disintegration, but you could tell it's something a little more permanent, you know? And it's like, this is some shit that's going to stay with him for life. He's not just pissed off and, you know, yeah. going on something, you know? And I feel like in that respect, yeah, it definitely feels like he's, like, changed a lot, you know? Wasn't he, like, 30 when he... Uh, like about to <laughs> was, turn was, 30. Was like, yeah, 30 yeah. when he made disintegration? disintegration? Yeah, 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 He's yeah. in his 30s or he's some 29. shit. yeah. Yeah, he's 29 turning 30. He's acting like it's the end of the world. <laughs> I'm starting to think this motherfucker did the math. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Yeah, pretty I don't like math, but I really like a math-based band. It's weird, and they're not math rock. No. No. Just or are they? Deeply. <laughs> so maybe uh, we should do a quick run-through then for uh, Chaz's thoughts on each song. Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, Let's well, like we said, Don and I will probably try not to dwell on any too much, but uh, we were curious of what Chaz felt with the song by song since we missed you on the last round. But I think we covered Plain Song, maybe. Um, uh, greatest yeah, um, opening song ever, you think? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think greatest opening live song. Uh, okay, yeah. If you're going to put a cure crowd in the mood, like mm-hmm. for specific... I mean, if you're just playing the hits, it definitely wouldn't work. Yeah. But if you're actually trying to mold some kind of set together, yeah, then, you know, I think that's the way to go. Uh, totally, I mean, it's hard to fuck with. If they actually play the disintegration set in the United States, like I, I can't imagine listening to that whole album live from yeah. start to finish. It's gonna fuck with my head. <laughs> oh, I, all exhausted by the end oh of my god yeah i'm like <laughs> be like i need to go home and go to bed for like the next week. yeah ridiculous. Um, totally. but i mean uh <laughs> i know i brought this up before that i always thought that disintegration was a concept album yeah and you know i i think the concept is just in the name of the album mm-hmm. uh it, with disintegration because i believe every song on this album deals with some something disintegrating in one way or another right um, so uh, even with with plain song uh it's yeah. written from the woman's perspective and how she's reminded of a relationship that's cold and painful but uh, she smiles because she sees the irony in all of it mm-hmm. um so 
her relationship Jesus Christ. her relationship is is disintegrating right in front of her and Man. she realizes yeah. it is and she realizes how much it hurts and but she sees some sort of irony in it and it just makes her smile so yeah. it's a fucking heavy song yeah so, and sure. you know i know like some and people even... some people perceive it as some kind of sweet song but it's really it's nah. not it's anything yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah and i true. i think the music kind of gives that deception yeah so, yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah it's that's it's a, a it's a great way to kick it off yeah, yeah. dive right I mean, into that fucker so. And even with like the metaphor of like the end of the world, you know, yeah. I mean, that's just like yeah. the world's fucking disintegrating, you know, it's like a yeah, metaphor in the song, even, you know, so pretty cool. I feel uncomfortable right now. That's, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I read I read into these lyrics really hard over the past couple yeah. of weeks. Um, Jesus. Yeah, I've been I've been dealing with a lot lately. So I've been uh, I've been like this has been my go to album. He- Nice. For the past yeah. couple weeks, so, uh, but yeah. like, moving on to the next song, "Pictures of You," mm-hmm. sweet song. Everybody thinks, yeah, <laughs> uh, Not it's so a, much it's either. A, it, it's a great love song. Everybody, everybody thinks it is, but yeah. but, but <laughs> it's Pull the disintegration of of the hopes of somebody you loved and what they used to be, and yeah. they're not that she way did. anymore. So it's. It, you know, it's not somebody looking at photos and remembering, you know, the great, it is remembering the great times I had with someone and like continuing on that path, but mm-hmm. the path is already gone. Like it's, there's Man. nothing there anymore. So it's, it's, uh, I, I, oh, I feel yeah. that a lot of people take it one way, but I, I definitely see it as different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so great like, and genius that the, like these, I mean, both these songs right off the bat, but I mean, the whole album really does. I mean, yeah, when you dig in, like, uh, like these kind of examples where you're just like, yeah. God, this is like heavy and not positive, but, <laughs> but you could still put it on like when people are around and it feels yeah. good, you know, like that somehow it's genius the way it cuts through. Like, it's not just, it's not even like the snappiest melody. I mean, that one is, but like, it's not like a, you know super bouncy kind of songs a lot of them you know yeah. but it somehow it's still it's sneaky yeah yeah I, it does I have like it, it i just... have it as like the perfect nodding song where you're mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. just nodding your head back and forth really slowly so yeah but like even even just like heaven does the same thing yeah where it's like a really poppy song but it's fucking sad yeah you know yeah there's nothing that is it's it's like it's fucking heavy and like a lot of like my wife and i had that and the melody is secretly sad as well yeah behind it all yeah but like my wife and i had that as our wedding song just because it wasn't the lyrics as much as it represented our when our relationship took off just from yeah the kiss me kiss me kiss me angle but um yeah the lyrics aren't aren't happy at all so you know um but I think True. the bass line is great in that, and I think the chimes bring yeah. in like this perfect mm. mood to the song, and and that they carry over from playing song is genius. yeah absolutely in our yeah like, that's a great carryover, little... yeah. And I, I Roger was fucking on the ball with this whole goddamn album. Like yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like his. He's the fucking hero. On oh this my god, the whole. <laughs> it, I I think him and Simon shine shine the most on this whole entire album. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're That's what I was about, actually kind of thinking of on this listen before this. I was kind of like, I had, I kept having those thoughts like while each song was going. I was like, oh, yeah, this song, like Simon's just killing it. And this is like his thing. And I'm like, yeah, he's doing great on this whole song. And then like, then Roger because of the synths. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, but that drum beat's like Boris, man. That's like the, you know, the fact that I could like. Yeah pick out a drum beat you know hit for hit on it you know and i'm just like well i think that's what's great about this album too is that it showcases everybody but at the same time it's a team you know it still fits you know but it seems like it's like showcasing people with various songs you know but it's really just makes every forces drum parts are just as like hype as like Simon's bass riff. Yeah, like, they're that recognizable it's crazy that it all matches together so so well that I don't think there's another album where those two, anyway, played off each other as well as they do on this one. Yeah. Like, when they're doing that shit when, like, Boris is just doing, like, a Tom riff the whole time, like, where it's just like, do 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 like, and him and, him and Simon are just synced up, like, yeah. it's so tight, it's, it's amazing. So, Close Down, uh, mm-hmm. that has such a good, like, train melody to it. Where yeah. it's just like it's just driving, uh, like just the start from it, uh, the start, mm-hmm. and then the synth take the synth takes over, but then the bass comes back in with 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 Boris drumming. It's just I don't under like I can't wrap my mind around the art that's just like so heavy on this album. Like I, I just like yeah. like I said each time I just hear a different thing where I'm just like that's fucking genius. Like, I don't know how you do yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, right. So, Every um, layer is crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this, this is definitely a, dis- a disintegration topic of like, uh, disintegrating to the mind and soul. Uh, mm. he never sleeps. Uh, he's anxious. Um, which I think the sleep angle plays into a lot of the songs in this, this album. Yeah. Um, uh, lull- yes. lullaby <laughs> and, uh, um, Robert to... values his sleep. Yeah, I, and I think I think at this time when, he wasn't when, getting any. When you're like, fucking I mean, with Robert's sleep, yeah, yeah, you're... it's not no. good when <laughs> when and... you start fucking with Robert's sleep. We saw that with the top too, right? When was... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's like he's so deep. It... <laughs> I just I... need to sleep, he, he just... please. He just needs a little cat nap. I... <laughs> it, it is a funny thing, but at the same time, it's like. How how do you escape everything that's going on? And the one major way you can do that is just sleep. And if you don't go it, if if you don't get it, it fucks with your mind. So you know, I went. I know I went through a a period in time where I honestly couldn't sleep for about a year or a year and a half, and I it was it was one of the worst points of my life. You know, you just. You're forgetting everything, and everything's just yep. coming. You know, everything's mashing together, and you don't know where you are half the time. So yeah. I, shit doesn't make sense. It's like I can understand like where he's coming from, um, yeah. just with like a lot of the sleep stuff. So he should have gone for a sleep study like I did, but yeah. You know. right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um, so love song, mm-hmm. sweet sweet song. <laughs> yeah. Gave it to Mary as a wedding gift. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's everybody thinks it's that. Uh, Robert is confessing that he's a fucking terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Away Far from her. Away. And, yeah. uh, you know, it. he's made whole when he's with his wife. But when he's away, 
it's a different type of person. He's a different type of person. And he has to remind her that no matter what he does when he's away from her, that he still loves her. And uh, I know that in the second, like, uh, I know we listened to it at the Hall of Fame and we brought Mm -hmm. it up in the car ride. He changed the lyrics to whatever games I play. Yeah. I will always love you. Uh, whatever words yeah is the normal line yeah Yeah. so i to me it's yes it's a sweet song um it's got a lot of uh nice emotional uh loving feel to it but at the same time i think there's an there's something behind it that's that's dark and sad so uh you know and and i don't think that that yeah it bothers me that people don't pick up on it but at the same time i get it yeah, and I'm a big strange, believer that it's people... like there's no guarantee in this song that this is shit's working out. This yeah, sound absolutely. Like, <laughs> like it's yeah. positive by any means, but uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I it's like, we don't even know if she's alive. What is he, talk- <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> but I, I, you know, I'm a big believer that people only want to see or hear what they want to see or hear. So mm-hmm. I, right. I think that they see that he gave it to her as a wedding gift. Yeah. Or whatever. And in that way, it's, oh, it's all about how much he loves her. But it's not. Like, I I <laughs> sincerely believe that it's not. And I'm sorry if you don't, like, if somebody doesn't agree with me, it, it's cool. But, you know, I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective, I guess. So. Um, Robert seems very self obsessed. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, he seems really into himself on this record. It's just like I'm fucking. Blah, well, the first, I'm the first, the first it's song like you do to yourself, dude. I'm gonna be thirty. I, I mean, pl- plain. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, plain song was definitely uh, written from a female perspective. So yeah, you gotta I give mean. him that at least. Yeah. Again, big <laughs> So, Last Dance, I think, is the most guitar-heavy song on the album. Yeah, um, hell yeah. Uh, I think Pearl uh, and Robert do a great job with it. Uh, yeah. I think it was a... definitely their time to shine throughout the album, especially Pearl. If, you know, I don't really know who's con- who's actually playing what on that what? album. Yeah. But, yeah, but um, definitely give it to them on that song. Uh, it's it, pretty sick, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so this this is disintegration about feelings for someone, um, how it just goes away. Um, yeah, we're time. So, and, yeah, man. and he and this is the, was this song about Lowell? Yes, I. You know what? <laughs> I I I made a joke to a couple people that pictures of you is about Lowell, but um, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, no, I, I I mean not this song, but I I could see some like a song here or there that actually. Yeah. You know, it does deal with the loss of a relationship, but it's not particularly uh, same yeah. whether it's a female or a male relationship. And I could totally see him writing a song based on yeah, his even if it's subconscious. Role. That's yeah. kind of what we came yeah. up with the other one, going it's over like the core ideas and yeah. I mean, all that shit's got to be in you know his head, you know, oh, yeah, in some degree or another. Even if he's just making up fictional you know catastrophes to write these songs yeah. about you know even if he was totally happy through all this that's fine but you know he's channeling shit you know and it's like i'm sure that was some of it you know and it's it like, had to weigh on him it's his like a best friend for how many years fuck yeah he's, yeah he's, he's gonna have to kick him out of the one thing that he's known for the past you know decade plus so. Yeah. Like when I get kicked out of the podcast, <laughs> Gavin's gonna be writing yeah. some shit like this. <laughs> when I get lulled out, <laughs> uh, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's fuck you up. I don't know, you know? I'm not saying specifically it's Donald. <laughs> Gavin has his own Pretty Roger li- lined up already. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Perry. <laughs> it's like you can say like four comments at the same time. You just say like one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of fuck yeah. It, it's yeah. I, I I like the theory that this record is like multiple types of relationships, yeah, like just relationships in general yeah. disintegrating, and it's like lol. Like and that's I mean we took it to that on the last one like, too with like the idea of like layers of that even it's like the disintegration of relationships, the disintegration of the band because they're coming off of all the pop oh, celebrity yeah. of yeah. Kiss Me, the disintegration of uh, what was the other ones? It was just like you know oh his youth. I mean by turning thirty or whatever right. you know what I mean. There's so many yeah it's 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 heavy man. <laughs> what, yeah. What's next? Uh, well, that, that was Lola? that was the album or the song that uh, he dropped the uh, cold lyrics from pornography. Yeah, yeah. Your, your name a... is like ice into my heart, but it's it's very softly in the background. Yeah. So you have to turn it up to actually hear that. So I think that was Which a nice. Cool. Hell yeah! Because it wouldn't uh, seem like that's the most obvious pornography nod on the album. Almost like closed down or something's like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like has more of a pornography feel mm-hmm. to it. So you wonder. Yeah, I think that was. What, a, what is the fucking parallel between cold and that? You know, and just yeah. like okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so Lull- lullabies next, and I I remember on the first disintegration episode you guys did. Uh-huh. Uh, it was was it both of you or just one of you that wasn't a fan of the song? Definitely Donald. Definitely I don't Donald. like it. Yeah. You, you said I it like it. It doesn't fit. It just breaks the whole mood. I, I don't think, think it, totally. like personally, I don't think it does. Uh, it's definitely it's a song about childhood fears that carry over to adulthood. Because um, mm. he's he's been scared of spiders ever since he was a kid, um, and it's definitely something that uh, you know, with the issue of sleep that he was having, um, it could have definitely. You know, there definitely could have been issues with nightmares. Um, he wants to get wrapped up in a web and finally sleep. It, it possibly, <laughs> it could have just been something oh. like this. He's having a reoccurring nightmare of spiders or something web. like that. Because, I mean, you know, your dreams definitely reflect the anxiety and stuff, especially nightmares, the anxiety that you're going through. And if he feels like he's being wrapped up in a web by fame, by marriage, by whatever i could totally see him having those types of dreams where there's a parallel between his anxiety and what's actually going on in his life Um, so i don't think it's as as simple as this is something my the story that my uncle used to tell me when i was growing up i think there's definitely a heavier meaning to it i think it's so crazy that it does fit to me i feel like it does it you know I mean, the fact that it's just some weird-ass song about spiders or whatever, you know I mean? It's just yeah. like, well, right. I mean, even lyrically aside, if you take the lyrics out and they don't matter, I feel like it, it's, and it's kind of like a lot of the songs on this where it's like it almost doesn't seem like it should fit, you know, but yeah. I feel like it still does somehow, and I don't really even know why to this day exactly, but it, it doesn't really stand out the way it should, you know? But I like your explanation of the lyrics of Lullaby more than the song. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just replace my explanation with the song. I'm just gonna 
yeah the over the, the instrumental <laughs> <laughs> this song is about that's what i need lyric wise with like songs it's just someone like we're just it's just the music it's someone like well what, what the song's really about Nice. so uh fascination street was the first song that like oh, no. really got me into the cure and i know you nice. said that you donald i think you said you didn't like the song last time on the disintegration uh, is, did yeah. you say you not like it i don't know i did i don't uh, have to go he back hates all listen. the singles somehow <laughs> it just except yeah, this song I, I used to love as a kid but it's like riding it around in the trike and stuff away. like it uh, takes me out of it really huh. okay yeah I, I think it's definitely one of their heavier songs that they ever ri- uh, ever wrote. Yeah, um, right. Besides the heavy Cure self-titled album, um, yeah, but I, I think this is definitely the one of the hardest. It's aggressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I this besides the title track, I think this is the one where Simon almost like he he fucking nails it on this. Yeah, it's that so bass the... so fucking. Yeah, it's hard good. to fuck with that bass line. So fucking yeah. good. Um, but this was the one that was the hardest for me to pinpoint uh, the disintegration topic. Yeah. But it, it took me into reading about what the song was about and why they wrote it. And, yeah. you know, they wrote it about going to Bourbon Street on in New, New Orleans. But right. I, I think it's the lost hope of adulthood uh, when you're younger and you're looking for something new. Because yeah. I was reading about it, and they, they were he was apprehensive about going out just because um, everything's the fucking same now. You go to every city, and every you're not going to find anything different. So I mm-hmm. think it's the it's all TGI Friday. Pretty much, um, it's the same mm-hmm. old bullshit. You know, where you know, totally. even in though it's New Orleans and it has this flair that it's supposed to have, it's it's still the same as Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know, or right. you know. So there, you're not going to find anything different. There's, and I think there's a, a lot. There's like five or six basic states that you can exist in. You know, like, like drunk, happy, sad, blah. Yeah. And New Orleans is just another like, woo. Well, I, I mean, I think all of us have have said, or thought that I'm going to this, and it's going to be the most amazing thing, and you go to mm. it, and it's the same fucking thing is the the last yeah. time you thought about it, it was going to be great where it either yeah. it, it turned in, it turned into a disappointment you know and i think the song <laughs> yeah. a lot of it is just about disappointment it's you know and nothing's new <laughs> i felt like this was the first kind of nod to listening to it today we're hearing like the distortion with the guitars and the feedback more it was like kind of like um, the precursor to like some wish kind of stuff, you know, like, oh, absolutely. Stuff, you know, yeah, we, absolutely, we hadn't, man. hadn't really heard any of that, you know, up until this point, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess there's some of it, but it's kind of different with kiss me vibe, you know, this kind of feels like it, it blends into that very gracefully, but fascination street though. Yeah. You love that song, right? You, yeah. I fucking love that. It's yeah. like, one of, that's like your gym song. Oh, absolutely. That gets me. Yeah. Like rock, lifting weights and rock climbing. Yeah, balls. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's the one song that gets me up for just about anything. And, uh, nice. I thought when I saw them in two, 2016 that I was going to 
kind of like lose control like when they played but i kept, I kept it under wraps <laughs> kept it together. So, yeah. So, yeah. so you turn your hat backwards like, you're just like i'm the starting the pit. Yeah. let's <laughs> fucking go <laughs> open this pit up <laughs> ross robinson in the house <laughs> <laughs> oh shit uh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a favorite. Uh, well, that cracks me up that you love that song so much. <laughs> I on, honestly, if I'm feeling in, in a down mood and I want to get out of it, I'd probably listen to the song just to get kind of get the adrenaline Hyped. going. I mean, I have I listen to hardcore all the time, and that's kind of more uh, like that way to do it. But I mean, if I'm mm-hmm. still in the cure mood, uh, yeah. definitely go with that song. So. Love it. So where does prayers for rain so take you after that? That's definitely like <laughs> that kind of fucks with your head going from Fascination Street to Prayers for Rain. Yeah. Like I, I don't like that. Start total... aside two of the cassette, right? I feel like that's uh, where it's a mid album. I don't even it's just it's just like I'm thinking about it now, it's just fucking with my head right now. It's just trying to go from that high to the to this. Like just such a depressing song. Um, uh, it's definitely about an extremely fragile and failing relationship. Um, and you're hoping for relief or rejuvenation, but everything, um, even the slightest involvement is just killing you. Um, so yeah, I hear you laughing, but it's like, it's a fucking, it's a fucking heavy song. It is just like, you know, even like you fracture me, your hands on me. It's just like a touch so plain, so still it kills me. It's just like, yeah. you're just like, you don't want to be like, you don't like, you don't want physical contact. You don't want emotional contact with this person. It's just ev- <laughs> everything's fucking like the smallest amount of attention or anything. It's just, it's, it's just driving you further down. So, and what do you want to do when it's raining? But, you want to stay inside. <laughs> and it's such a great excuse to not do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, you know, Think you're about still, anything. You're still holding on hope for one way or another. Like, just prayers for rain. It's like you're in the desert, and the only thing that you want is rain. And oh, shit. For some kind of relief. Right. And so he's still holding on some sort of hope, but it's like the relationship is just fucking killing him. And where you could see it, like, this could be a song about Lowell. I mean, <laughs> if we're going that way, where, like, you're still... He's still in the band when he probably shouldn't be, yeah. you know, and you, you're holding on to this hope that something's going to change and nothing will. You're giving every opportunity. <laughs> and, the whole you know, album is about Lowell. <laughs> it could be. Hey, yeah. Because, so, I mean, that's um, kind of the obvious. theory to, like, <laughs> God damn, that's tight. Because I love, yeah, like, so, the um, obvious running joke of everything right? is that, um, you know, like, what the fuck? This does not sound like an album written by a guy that just got married. You know, like the whole Absolutely. like like he just got fucking married like before recording this album. It's like that would be so weird if your spouse was like, "Here's all my new songs." <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you like, take that? What? Like, it's yeah. like I don't. I, of course, you don't know the relationship, but at the same right. time, you're just like, like what? What the fuck is all this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. is there something going on that we need to talk about? <laughs> He's like, okay, uh, I'm ready to spend the like rest of my insecurities life. about being in. The yeah, I mean, it like, could go a billion different ways, but yeah, you would think, like, like one has to be like kind of introspective, <laughs> look inside, you know, and just think about like what could be wrong, like what is wrong, like how could it go wrong? Uh-huh. 
Who knows? And you know? We'll never know. I, like, am I good enough for this person? Like, am oh, I? Absolutely. You know? And I, as dealing, like, I don't know Robert, but as one of the reasons this this album hits me so hard is dealing with, I'm I'm diagnosed bipolar, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and so like I've dealt with mental illness most of my whole life. Everything gets turned up to eleven, and like when you're dealing with stuff like with insecurities and with, yeah. uh, you know, you think about stuff that happened. 10 years ago 20 years ago and like it, it fucking up. bothers you and yeah. like you can't get away from it and uh you know that's why this album like it, like i totally get what he's talking about like with the lyrics i already laid out with with just the slightest amount of attention for somebody can fucking just fuck up your day either even it's positive or negative yeah, you know it's right. just everything's turned up over the top and uh it's just something that you gotta deal with and you know it's just process it oh absolutely and it's hard like you it's hard to turn off your brain when that stuff's happening so um so yeah i definitely feel a lot of the lyrics in in the song and i know you're not huge on lyrics donald but (laughs) um i i I love any insight into them (laughs) i absolutely get it because there's albums i listen to that i just want to listen to the music and i don't really give a fuck about what the person's saying right so you know but as far as this album goes it's definitely one of the albums that i dove into lyric wise as as far as they go and this is like um, robert on fucking top of the mountain at this point i think anyone any level cure fan would be like yeah you can't deny any i don't know what the hell he was you know drinking that day or what but <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like these yeah. these are great like no matter how you take it uh and the fact that you can take it a billion different ways is <laughs> maybe a huge testament to you but um so uh the next song is uh same deep water is you uh yeah. which is another going for prayers to rain uh prayers for rain yeah. same deep water is you you're in the fucking depths of despair. Yeah. Uh, yes. It is. There is no light at the end of the tunnel uh, nah. uh, yeah, with those two songs back to back. It's a dis. Uh, I took it as a disintegration of your future. Um, uh, you know this. This is. You know how this is going to end. Um, uh, you can't. What's the point? Yeah, you can't be what somebody needs Jesus. or what they want you to be. And you're destined to fuck it all up. Anyway, you're, you're yeah. destined to hurt. You know, you're destined to hurt that person. So and yeah. Jesus. So I, it's uh, yeah. Both those songs back to back is uh, where I find myself sometimes, and it's uh, it's not a fun place to be, but it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> In one way or another, it's yeah. It's, I love this song yeah, so much, it's, but it, it, oh, it's it's so good. good. So it's the one good. that totally seems to. I feel like go with the album cover so well because oh, it feels like he's literally floating to the bottom of the lake or whatever. You know what I mean? That's how I always kind of see the album cover is like the, you know, like under the water. It's like kinda. some Charlie Brown shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he's just going down. It's like every point, time. Hmm. This is like the actual dis- <laughs> disintegrating <laughs> you know, at this point. Yeah, it's like, but um, yeah, it's just so beautiful. And the pacing of the oh. song is like just so 
you know, those notes in between are almost as great, you know, or just yeah. everything's so like, geez, take your time with that riff, man. But it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that would be so That's the hard. best part of it, though. Yeah. It's what it, like ripples in the water. Yeah. And Robert it. went on record saying this is one of favorite songs or one of the ones that just kind of clicked that you can mm. associate the band with. I have the quote. He said, uh, I'm really proud of what we've done in my mind. There's a little part of me with Cure songs in it, uh, and it goes with Siamese Twins, Faith, Figurehead, 17 Seconds, and now this new track, The Same Deep Water As You, has gone straight into the part of, in part of, into part of me. Um, even if the album fails, it doesn't matter. It's been worth it. So I guess Damn, just to write tight. the song. So, yeah. uh, it definitely has yeah. a huge connection with him, which... Uh, is fucking amazing. Like I just, yeah, I, yeah, I it's. Uh. Uh, so then we go into the title track, which yeah. I think is one of my all-time good... favorite songs. Yeah. Um, this is a song where everybody in the band is on top of it. Yeah. Great and way to snap out of same deep waters you too. Like where the album music-wise, but apart. not lyrically. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but I mean, like a lot of people, <laughs> it would have been real easy, just concept-wise or format-wise, for it to just kind of fall apart after that. You yeah. know, like where the album would have just been like, Bleh, and then it ends. But like, there's like this whole like bam back in yeah. where you're like, oh, it's shit. like sinking like, to the bottom of the pool, yeah, and then getting resuscitated <laughs> with this very right. aggressive, and then you're yeah, right back like, in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, concept-wise, not so much, but oh, yeah, at the same yeah. time, like just the energy like of the song and snapping you. It's out a good of it. flow to a record. Yeah. And yeah. I think even uh, vocally, I think Robert's on the top of his game. Just the way yeah. he de- the way he delivers the song uh, is so. It's just like a smack in the face, like each time you, you know, just with like, you know, through the, you know, through the roof of your mouth, through the mouth of your eye, just keep going and going and going and going. It's very tone locish. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that's where you got it from. Yeah, um, I like, put a little of that on this record. Funky cold Medina. <laughs> so, yeah, he's yeah. rapid fire, Robert, on this. Yeah, one. absolutely. He's spitting them out. Dope. Uh, <laughs> but even this, even in this song, it goes back to the. Uh, to the fear of sleep, because um, he mentions it somewhere, and I had the lyrics and I lost them. But um, uh, he says, uh, "Holding, holding my breath for fear of sleep again." Um, yeah. So there's definitely something going on, uh, and yeah. you know he struggles with age. There's a there's a nod to pictures again, which uh, goes back to pictures of you. Um, uh, it's there's nods to affairs, drugs fame and they're all pulling him away uh and basically killing him um Mm -hmm. all of them all together uh this is what's gonna happen if we if we have kids we're just gonna yeah i'm just gonna fucking leave you like it's just it it's just it's good it's what's gonna happen i know it's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen and it goes back to it goes no baby yeah well i mean maybe that's i don't you know we don't know the relationship but Obviously, they both decided not to have kids at some point, yeah. you know. So, uh, I'm not going to read into that part of their relationship, but uh, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's definitely. I, I mean, if you have kids, it's like it's got to seep into your mind every once in a while, you know. And I know as a father, yeah. it's like, like what would happen if like I wasn't in the picture and like my father was never around, 
he he was gone like by the time I was three, and I just you try to wrap your head around that like how the fuck do you leave your kids you know and like it's it's a heavy like it's just you know looking at it from that perspective the song is heavy as fuck and it goes with the music too so but like the music it's just like I just hear different things each time and it's yeah. it, it's from the glass breaking to the beginning of in the end of the song to the high pitched backing it's relentless that because it feels like it's on such a train track yeah like absolutely so much still going on you know was, going by yeah because yeah. I always think this song is time is just like the relentless barrage yeah of, like it doesn't stop absolutely it's like yeah and just how like chaotic and frustrating it is and trying to like like keep up with the fucking pace you know but it's it's never ending it doesn't stop and you know how it's gonna end (laughs) right right exactly and i think a lot of it probably is concept wise just that idea of like the the, you it's know, like, did you fucking die? Staring down the tunnel, you know, the, of like letting your mind run wild with these horrible scenarios that yeah. could happen yeah. and stuff, you know. And it's I think like, it's what cool. am I racing towards? Yeah, so, <laughs> so I think there's a lot of that going on for sure. But, yeah, um, so yeah, it's a great song. That one's grown yeah. on me the most over the years too. I think it's yeah. just one I always liked, but for some reason that one's one that I always kind of keep coming back to a bit more, even when I'm not in the mood to listen to the whole album. I'll pluck that one out occasionally just to. Yeah. yeah, stress yourself out. Yeah, just it feels <laughs> like <laughs> good, you know? I haven't felt panicked in uh, <laughs> yeah, in about thirty years. I haven't panicked had a good anxiety time. attack recently. Let's yeah, uh, yeah. let's put this yeah. on. It's been at least an hour since <laughs> I felt like that. So. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, onward to homesick. Yeah, this piano song. Absolutely, um, that's yeah. that's a beautiful piano uh, part. First, first time we get really fancy Roger style keys on yeah. anything. I think you know you can tell that it's. He was showcase like or he's just like layering yeah. shit. This is like mm-hmm. the more two finger oh. plucking at these parts here, yeah. you know. So. so pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. And then you have the guitar come in, and then the bass and the drums just like all gel together at some point. And like I picked, it, I was oh. listening to it today, and like I'm just like, yeah, the piano is coming in, and then you're like, oh, here comes the guitar, and then then you hear the bass and the drums, and then just all like one point in the song. They just all gel together at one point, and you're just like, "Yeah, there it is. Like, there's there's yeah. a sweet spot." So, I, yep. yeah, I, I, it's like like someone started it, and everyone just showed up. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of. They just like had it started adding. Yeah, they all just, just jumped like, in like one at a time, and just like at some point they all came together. But it was like seen. Yeah. They got seamless. back from TGI Fridays yep. and <laughs> just fucking this. laid it down. That was the man. song where they just yeah they were out. They were out drinking and eating dinner, and they came in the studio at like two in the morning and just banged it out, which is yeah. amazing. That's crazy. Uh, what a jam! Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have this song is a hundred percent about an affair. Okay. <laughs> on, a, on a darker yeah. note. <laughs> yeah. Busted. Um, all right. He, make it make it worse, Chad. Yeah. Go he on. even yeah. said that homesick is about an attraction of forbidden fu- fruits. Gavin and I talked about it when he was at my house, uh, at my house, and uh, uh, we we definitely hit on Robert on the road kind of thing, and uh, infidelities, <laughs> and uh, you know I think people have this picture of Robert that doesn't exist. Um, not that he's I'm a fan. Not man. not that yeah. he's not a good person, and not that he's uh not a great 
musician or artist or anything like that, but he's human and he yeah. fucks up and he does the wrong thing when he should do the right thing. And we, we're, we're all there. And, <laughs> uh, I have no doubt in my imagination that the marriage he has isn't perfect. And he, you yeah. know, so, and I think the song basically puts it on a billboard and shows everybody <laughs> that, um, yeah. Whether you don't want to take it that way, it's uh, but it's there. It's right there. Yeah. It is with you know the humanity. Absolutely, of of, like yeah. In, in, yeah, in, sure. inspire me in me the desire in me to never go home. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's right there. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, here's my wedding present for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Go with love song, Robert. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pick, pick love song. <laughs> Which is an amazing, isn't that an amazing contrast between those two songs? Like, yeah. I, I, I honestly think that this is what he's saying sorry for. Yeah, maybe. you know, no. and, and it's, it's a full uh, package. So absolutely, and it's all it's it's all human feelings. Like, it's all incredibly human album. It's all normal. Like when you break it down, it's like no, that's what people do because people are people. Yeah. Like, that's a, I think this is a, a very relatable album, and it's such a human. Yeah. It's and you know you can even take the nice angle of this whole package is the disintegration of the old pre-marriage Robert too. Oh, absolutely. He's all this yeah. out, you know, like you could say that it's a uh, this is him he's being done with his old now. ways, yeah, and yeah, stuff like he's that. He's a big boy. Man, <laughs> so. Yeah. So there's your happy ending, everybody. I figured it out. <laughs> it's all shite. It's the last song about my affairs. <laughs> so. I wrap this one up. Hey, sweetheart, <laughs> I made you this album. <laughs> I made a record for you. Shout <laughs> how horrible I was until the day before we married. <laughs> now everything's cool. <laughs> We're good, right? I promise. Yeah, Are we yeah. cool now? <laughs> We're good, right? Because <laughs> Untitled is such a great uh, peppy song to end it all on, too, right? Isn't it? <laughs> this is this is a weird song because the music. I mean, just just kind of how you took like pictures of you or just like heaven. The music definitely doesn't match nah. the lyrics at all, and. I love the song so much, but it's definitely a song where I'm just kind of scratching my head too. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, it's definitely. I I think the mo- the uh, the song's about death. Um, it could be the loss of a relationship, but uh, I, de- I. How do you round it out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they could be the same thing, you know. And uh, I know when when my father passed away in in 2014, this is definitely a song that uh, kind of haunted me. And it, you know, so not getting too depressing, but, you know, I saw him the day before he died in the hospital and I told him I'd see him later that week. But in the back of my mind, I knew that he was going to die. Like, I don't know why I just felt like that. And I didn't say what I wanted to, you know, and it's been something that's been I've felt guilt about ever since. So, again, another very relatable song. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, yeah, that line in particular. Oh is yeah. Just yeah. Silly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's a tough one. Yeah. So, but I think the music kind of makes it a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. So. It's a weird juxtaposition on that. Very, yeah. 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 
So because yeah, there's some bleak ass lyrics for sure. Absolutely, really yeah. <laughs> and it just ends and fades like with them. It's a little less obvious on the recording, but you know when they do it live and they all kind of leave the stage one at a time on this song, it's just so perfect. You know, or it's just like it's <laughs> yeah. such like a great disintegrate out the ending even you know like we're slowly one at a time the members just walk off you know and it's like so that's always just literally disintegrating the perfect (laughs) closer yeah now now i know we're gonna get into it when we go through the revisionist history about b-sides but yeah i I quickly wanted to go over them if that's cool like um, yeah babble um, yeah. is a, I think it's a great song. I just can't stand the the sampling at the beginning right. with the people crying or whatever, the babies crying or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. cool song. Yeah, yeah. I like and, it too. But but even the B sides, I think deal Don't. deal with uh, deal with disintegration uh, on the same top, the same level that the songs on the album do. Um, I think yeah. this is definitely a disintegration of sanity. Um, I wish I had the lyrics in front of me, but I don't. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have "Out of Mind" uh, is again another song has issues with sleep, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, fear of ghosts. Um, the past is haunting, and you can't you can't help each other uh, get over it. Like you and whoever you're having a relationship with, and you can't escape from it, and it's fucking up your relationship. Yeah. Um, that's how I took it. And then "Too Late" I think is one of the best songs that they've yeah, ever written great... i fucking love that song so much it's so good it is a gem and then you know the law lo- the the song is just about lost love but still it's yeah. uh it's a disintegration topic but yeah. yeah real unfortunate for too late where i think it's only just that it doesn't fit on the album at all but yeah the music so good, doesn't fit you know well. it's like, yeah absolutely. yeah it seems like uh, it could totally be on like kiss me or wish yeah. you know or something but it's just like ah uh, I remember reading something where they said they really wanted to, you know, they were like, oh, single right off the bat. Absolutely. But then as the album took, yeah. like, shape, it's like this doesn't right. fit on the album. <laughs> so it's pretty sad where it's uh, so cool. And even, like, um, and uh, some of those ones on the bonus thing. Um, Eston? There's – yeah, that Esther one sounds like it would be like a cool B side to Too Late, almost if they just yeah, did yeah, it as a yeah. single or something, because it has that same kind of vibe. But it's like, no way would this fit anywhere so on Disintegration. Good. But yeah, it's, it's really so good. good. Like just listening to it, I'm just like, I would love to hear what Robert like if he ever wrote any lyrics to that. Like I, yeah. I would love to hear that song. It's so good. But yeah, I thought like uh, Too Late was weird too because it's like. I really like some of the lyrics, but it does still always just kind of feel like he kind of knew that he wasn't going to use it. And yeah. Kind of quit the lyrics a little early, maybe. You know, I, I feel like that. they're yeah. never, they never seem to one hundred percent finished because he's just kind of still mumble phase for the lyrics. You yeah. know, it's like, nah, man, if you hadn't really picked something out on that, it would have been great. And uh, lyric wise, yeah, definitely you, not as strong as the rest of the album. Does it, yeah, um, it would been hard to squeeze that in. Music so. wise, like too late in Eston or. They're so fucking yeah. good. Like I'm just like I just want to yeah, listen to them over and over again. Yeah, those little guitar parts. I think like everything I've ever recorded, I indirectly almost like rip off that little. Dun, 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 dun. Like, yeah. It's just such a cool little like catchy guitar part, you know? Oh, it's like man. 
I just want to go. I just want to go listen to them both back to back now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other highlights, I guess, for un unofficially released uh-huh. one, just uh, that pirate ship cover. I don't know if that was ever intended to actually be on the album or what. Like no, a folk folk song one. It must have been recorded, or wasn't it recorded? Maybe for that Electra thing that was like the anniversary. Could have been, but it doesn't to do that. And then they ended up giving them the doors instead, or something like that. I think there was okay. some story like that, which makes way more sense than him trying to squeeze a, a cover onto disintegration. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't like, understand. What? Yeah, I don't understand why that was that like... the worst. <laughs> yeah, What's that? Like this folk? Yeah, C cover of like Wendy <laughs> Wendy Waldman. <laughs> I bought the record like ages ago of this like folk singer that. You know, just totally not my thing. But you could see why Robert would be into it. You know, whatever. But it's I mean, like, he's British, that, and it's the the kind of has that feel to it. But yeah, so um, I I mean, I still dig the song, but it's mm-hmm. like it's not like I definitely I don't want to listen to it when I'm listening to the Cure kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if I'm ever in the mood to listen to folksy like <laughs> British Irish stuff, which I you know yeah. from time to time I, I'm there, but. Um, right. it's not in the middle of disintegration. Yeah, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's a. It was an interesting concept that they were going that he was going for because I think it's just it's just solo, isn't it? It's just him. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, it's just like him with like a little accordion kind of thing going. I think. But. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Have you ever heard that, Donald? No. no. I I think I have, but I can't think of it. Yeah. Like it's. Probably not. It's got that like folksy Irish kind of thing yes, going acoustic. on. Yeah. yeah. So. So do you think uh, overall verdict then it holds up? Oh, like absolutely. it more? A mm-hmm. little bit less? <laughs> uh, I, I think, think I think it's gonna be like a fine wine that just every improves year. with mm-hmm. age. Totally. So I I think that like uh, Colleen is that the person that did the uh, podcast in South Africa? Yep. Yeah, yeah, she commented that she saw more and more young kids flocking to Cure shows. And I was surprised when we were at the Hall of Fame yeah. how many people were there that were younger than both you and me that were there for the Cure. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely kind of shocked me. And, um, you know, we, and I think. Especially willing to go to something like that. Oh, and yeah. Still being a young fan, you know? It's like, wow. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, like Andy flying from fucking California and everybody, all his friends. Yeah. Uh, that it was just like they're younger than like they're young and it's just like they're into them which is yeah which is amazing so i think that as time goes on i think it's going to be one of those albums that uh that young people still gravitate to and still find some meaning in it because i think it's such yeah. a personal album that in relatable album that it's going to have that uh touch to it so uh, yeah uh, i think it's an all-time all-time great yeah it's like like when kids yeah. get together, like like start hanging out and like like early teens and like smoking some weed and listening to records for the first time. And it's like, what do you listen to? <laughs> fucking Pink Floyd. You know, there's yeah, going to be like, like kids that are like, let's put on fucking disintegration, man. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and sure that's going to be so. a fucking journey for some kids like <laughs> 30 years from now that are like, yeah. And, and if you're a parent, Jeez, if you're man. a parent and you're listening to this podcast or you hear about, like mm-hmm. anything, the first time your kid has a massive breakup, you better slide this under their fucking mm-hmm. door and with some <laughs> yep. other albums and totally. be like, and just, you know, just a note and just be like, I know how you feel. And like these, these help yeah. me through those times, you know? <laughs> so it just, it's your obligation as a parent. So, 
Yeah. So my exactly. wife and I have already talked about that, and we already have like a list of <laughs> list of stuff. Stand yeah. by, Captain. So, yeah. So we're just like when, good yeah. thing. Because one of our kids, Jonas, is he's a romantic like at heart. Like he just, just feels yeah, it, abs- and like his, his first breakup is going to yeah. be soul crushing. We already know it, and it's yeah. so we're just you know we're just waiting for that day. And I mean, he already listens oh, to the man. Cure, but I don't think he gets it as much as. I mean, he's he's only nine. Right. He's on my yeah. level. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> you're at Donald's level. He's so good. I, he's nine. Poor, and, poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm just waiting for him when like shit like that kind of clicks. So yeah. <laughs> if you're nine and you get disintegration yeah. that much, then there's probably no, bigger problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got some shit going on. That's why I was like going back to this. I was like, I was 12 <laughs> when this came out. I was like, I was probably a little too young to be like obsessing over this album. Like, what the fuck, 12 year olds like listening to this shit? I wish but, my, uh, my my parents did stuff like that. Like I've, I've always been like yeah. a sensitive boy, and like I always take shit with like it hits me like a ton of bricks, you yeah. know. And if someone was like. Here's a record that can help, or a movie, yeah. or something like that. Something that where they can relate yeah. to what's going on. And, yeah, uh, I think there's a wave of parents now that are doing stuff like that, where they're cognizant. Yeah, yeah. that where pre- yeah. previous generations were not. So, which is you know, look right. what disintegration did, man. It's changing generations. Yeah, of yeah. children, and like, and even going back to that idea of sentimental <laughs> value and stuff. It's like. It is ongoing, and it's going to be ongoing forever, I think, with this album, because it's like so many new things keep popping up. I mean, so many people are going to Sydney to see this, you know, these shows, and that's going to be a huge part yeah. of their life, you know? And it's like, that's like a fucking memory that they're going to associate with this album now forever, you know? And it's like constantly, you know, these things are going to be happening, and this album caters so well yeah. to if, all of it. If I had the know? money, I would they are real second, problems, you know? <laughs> And like, yeah. Also, sure. if they, there yeah. there wasn't some sort of promise that they were going to play it in the U.S., um, I would feel yeah. a little bit differently about going. So, but yeah, it's uh, it, like I said, yeah, I I think epic. that it's it's going to live on. It's a relatable album to just being a human, and it's yeah. mm-hmm. I I think it that doesn't change. Like it's that shit doesn't change. So everybody, no. every, and the fact that, like we said with the production, yeah. it doesn't sound goofy in eighties or nineties, yeah. then it's safe. We, we all and this <laughs> and, we all experience and there's records throughout time, yeah, yeah, that you know it's undeniable and it, it affects everyone, no matter when you hear it, when it was made, and disintegration is of that ilk. You know, it's like it's timeless. I think what what also brings the album such love is that there's there's not a bad track on the album and they're they're all yeah they're, there's no down period yeah or they're duds all fucking great like wish like wendy time like yeah that mm. song's a piece of trash like so it ruins <laughs> it, it ruins like the garbage it, song yeah and then you have just like or not just where you have uh friday i'm in love which kind of ruins it too you know it just mm-hmm. this album there's there's a feel there's a there's a there's a concept yeah. and each song hits the right notes and it's, yeah. it's an album that I can listen to when I'm happy, when I'm sad or, you know, or anything like that. And I can go from front to back and listen to it. And, uh, there's very few albums that you can do that for. It's a perfect record. Right. So, and, uh, exactly. we live in a world where there's not that many of them. 
not much that's perfect yeah. in any category so uh, we'll take it <laughs> cool guys well let's wrap on that note i think we could uh glorify this so much and um, i'm done jerking it off see you another 30 years <laughs> Yeah, well, we don't want it to get too big of an ego. So, <laughs> so now we can't listen to it for another Absolutely. 30 yeah, years, yeah, and yeah. we'll all report back on this day at this time, 30 years from now, and we'll do another Robert, one. So, Robert will be 90. Uh, the bad boy is going to go cuddle up to his wife and whisper the lyrics to Lullaby <laughs> in her ears. Aww. And I'm going to do a little quiet. <laughs> what a great record. Such a romantic. Mm. <laughs> cool. Well, for now, we've been Gavin and Chaz and Donald. Talk quietly. For the Holy Hour podcast. Talk hard. <laughs> <laughs> so <Song>. disintegration. All right, there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, special thanks to Chaz and Donald, as always, for delivering. You know, I'm honestly starting to think that we could probably not only make this an all-cure podcast, but we could have an all-disintegration podcast. Sorry, it's a little on the long side again, but uh, this album is not to be taken lightly. And again, a giant thank you to Courtney and Shane. Please go check out Is There an Echo in Here podcast on iTunes. You will not be disappointed. And there's also a really good Instagram account that follows the podcast, Echo In Here Podcast. I believe there's some underscores separating the words there, but it uh, should pop up if you punch in Echo In Here Podcast. And uh, you can see lots of cool pictures and info on the podcast that way. So find that on Instagram. And uh, just to wrap up business here, be sure to subscribe to our uh, Holy Hour podcast on iTunes and YouTube now. We'll both simultaneously get new episodes, so whatever you prefer, they'll be out there. YouTube and iTunes side by side. And uh, follow us there. Follow us on the Instagram at the Holy Hour podcast where you can get all the latest scoop on upcoming episodes and ideas on uh, contributions and how you'd like to contribute um, or you can just email me directly at gavinconnor at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. That's the one that's got all the extra scoop and a thread if you want to discuss your thoughts on disintegration 30 years in or um, anything, all the episodes. Feel free to even backtrack to some old ones and leave some comments. I'll hopefully get the notification for it. And of course, I love to suggest quit dressing like a doofus. Go over to 17secondshirts.bigcartel.com where you can check out all of Chaz's cure-related shirts, unique, affordable uh, cure t-shirts. Go check them out. There's, uh, I think he just reposted some, some of his overstock in there, and you can pick up maybe some of the old ones, or else just uh, bookmark it. Keep your eyes peeled. There's always new ones right around the corner. We're still celebrating disintegration over there, too, and... Uh, Bound to be some cool new stuff on the horizons. And uh, otherwise, thanks so much for listening. We got a great episode. The long-awaited um, Artifacts episode should be coming up next. That's a uh, long time in the making. Lots of cool contributions, but uh, we finally got it ready for you guys. And everyone's sharing their most cherished cure uh, possession. So uh, it's, it's a good one. So be sure to check back in a couple weeks and uh, everything else should be out there waiting for you. So thanks so much for listening. Until next time, talk hard.